Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. My name is Steve Werner, and today I am blessed to be interviewing somebody who built a highly successful fashion business, but then realized, although she loved business and she loved fashion, she did not love the business of fashion. She went out and since then has coached thousands of entrepreneur women, mostly, to reach their goals, both getting started as a side hustle and to taking their business from six to seven figures. You are in for a fabulous podcast today. Please help me welcome Bree. Bree, how are you doing today? Hi, thank you so much for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for taking time. If you're watching this on video, she has a little bit different background than normal because she's in the middle of buying a house and she took the time to meet with us anyway. So Bree, thank you for being here. Why don't you take us back to where all of this started for you? Graduating from college, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it started a little bit sooner than that. I was kind of raised by an entrepreneur. And um, it's funny, because when I was in high school, I would I always looked at my mom and I was like, Oh, I never want to do that. Like, I will never be an entrepreneur. And then come, you know, went to college, got a bachelor's in fashion, went to uh, move to Italy, got a master's in fashion, came back to the States was living in Seattle area, and just didn't really have an opportunity to be in fashion. And so I, you know, being 23 was like, well, I'll just start doing my own thing, like on the side, you know, in addition to my day job. And so I had this day job as a counselor for many, 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 many years. Um, and then on the side, I would come home and I would do my fashion. And I started doing one-off bridesmaids dresses, homecoming dresses, prom dresses, all this stuff. And eventually over the course of eight years, uh, was winning awards, got invited to the largest trade show in America, uh, won fashion designer of the year at like Phoenix Fashion Week, got picked up by Zappos.com, was on the cover of Apparel News, dressed Tony Braxton, was on The Bachelor, like all these really shiny, amazing things, right? And on the outside, everyone was like, oh my God, you're so successful and it's amazing and you're so talented. And the truth is there's a lot that goes into fashion that people just don't see. And I was starting to become more and more depressed. I was having anxiety attacks. I was having panic attacks. I was going into more and more and more debt. Uh, like there was just a lot going on behind the scenes. And so I knew I was unhappy and I was meditating in uh, spring equinox, March, 2015. Heard this very clear fashion, isn't it? Shut it down, walk away. And I listened and had nothing else planned. I thought fashion was it for me. Like I had literally nothing else. I had told my mom, if there, if I don't have fashion, I, I don't have anything. And so I shut it down literally overnight. My mom found out on Facebook, I was shutting it down. Like I didn't talk to anyone about it. I just did it. And then walked completely, totally into the unknown and had no idea what I was doing on the other side. Okay. So I, we're going to get to the successful part in a second, I want to talk about a couple things right there. Like um, Ed Milet, uh, guy, I've, I've watched some of his videos. I've been at some of his events. And he said, you know, I spent all this time and energy climbing the wrong mountain. And I got to the top of it and realized that I was either going to kill myself or I needed to climb a completely different mountain, which it's strange. I've heard a few people tell that story over the years. I would love to hear like, because you, you said, from the outside, everybody saw all the accolades, saw the highly success like image, but you felt really unhappy. How, like, why? I think a lot of people would say, well, if I was successful, I would like, if I had all that, I would, I would feel successful. Why didn't you? <laughs> 
How did you know There's, that it was the wrong thing? So I don't even know if I did know that it was the wrong thing other than how I was feeling, right? Like I just, I felt this dissonance in this discord all the time. And no matter how much I tried or how much I pushed or put myself out there or stuff, like I just couldn't have that breakthrough that I was looking for. And so I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but one of the things that I realized in hindsight that I did not know was that that business was completely, completely, fully, totally out of alignment with my top core values. And so it was a huge learning aspect for me. Like I said, in hindsight, I didn't know at the time, but going back, uh, it was probably about two, two years after I closed my business that I had this epiphany that I was like, oh, that's why it didn't work. Um, so I know a little bit later you want to get into like some, some tips, but that's definitely one of them, especially for new entrepreneurs is a lot of people think like, oh, well, I like this business model because I hear you can make a lot of money in it. But if that business model goes against the things that you need to feel whole and complete and satisfied and fulfilled in your life, no amount of success in that will ever leave you feeling the way you want to feel in your business. That's, that is a huge takeaway and we will come back to it because I know people are out there, but, but money, like, oh, the arguments that I hear, like, if I just make a million dollars, I'll be super happy. But then they're like, I hate money. That's one. And then the other one is like, I'll do whatever it takes, but I don't want to do. And they have a huge list of things. Well, you got to design your business. We'll get into that. I know you have all of, all of that. And the other thing I'll add to that too, is like, I also had a very successful job, job. Like I was making six figures a year in my day job and I hated it. I hated my life. I was so depressed. I was sleeping all the time. And in fact, recently, you know, my, my, my family, bless their heart. They want the best for me all the time. Right. And my stepdad has brought up over the years, like, oh, you had a really good job and you should have just kept it and all this stuff. And I'm like, right. But do you not understand how, how deeply depressed I was when I had that job? Like literally no amount of money can make you feel a certain way. And I will go as far to say that a lot of the people in our world with a lot of money are not happy. And I have managed to find a way where I can be happy and I can be fulfilled and I can make a big impact in the world and I can make a lot of money while doing it. And so you know, I'm like, why not the best of all the worlds? Why do we have to sacrifice one part of ourselves in order to have something else that we want? Like do it all. Yes. It takes a little while. There were times in 2014, the day I was on the today show, I had 25 cents in my bank account. It sucked, but you know what? Standing where we are today in 2022, I'm really glad it happened. That's, I mean, the, there are a couple pieces there we can unpack. The first one is, I think a lot of people give us advice from their, their it's all from their point of view, right? 100%. And your, your dad or your father, like people outside of us look at us and they don't understand. I mean, I've tried to explain to my family a hundred different ways what I do and they don't get it because to them it's go get a job and you're not always going to love your job, but you're going to do your job. And if I'm honest, I don't love every part of my business, but I don't have any part of my business that I hate. I don't have any part of my business that makes me depressed or want to sleep in bed. I'm usually very excited to get out of bed in the morning and get going because I have stuff that like, I'm excited about what I'm doing. And that's the difference. I think my sister has a corporate job that she doesn't 
hate. That's what she would say. I don't hate it. I can do it for <laughs> the 60 hours a week that it takes. And she makes very good money. And that's, and she's okay with that, but she right. doesn't. And, but we have the conversations around that. So the first thing to that person out there, that's like, your family's not always going to understand your friends aren't always going to understand, but you can do it. You can have the best of both worlds and you should, I, I like, I think everybody should be wealthy. There is plenty of money for all of us to be wealthy. When you get that yep. through your head and realize that it's not a zero sum game, it opens up a lot of doors. I know you feel that way. You just shared totally. that. Like you <laughs> can, you can, you can be fulfilled, do something you love and make a lot of money doing it. In the beginning, you thought that was going to be fashion, but then you woke up and realized there's something else out there. So let's pick up the story. You realized and you shut it down. So first off, congratulations on listening to your inner voice. I think a lot of people hear that inner voice and they're scared to death of it, right? What was there? Um, was there something that you could point to that gave you the strength to listen to it? Because it sounds crazy, right? I'm throwing away everything I've worked yeah. for to build. How did you find the strength to do that? So a few things. One, because I was feeling so, I literally felt trapped and caged by my business. And like I said, I was having panic attacks and anxiety, like all sorts of stuff going on. And when that message came through me, one, it, I, I like it. I tell people, I was like, it felt like Thor's hammer came down upon me. Like it not only did I, you know, hear the message and I felt it. It felt like you know, someone had like hit me and just I like reverberated through my body. And then it felt like relief. And because it felt like relief, it gave me permission to let go because I knew that that relief felt better than holding on to the stress, the anxiety, the panic attacks, the debt, the, you know, like all of that stuff. So it was almost like I'd been kind of subconsciously wishing or praying for something to change. And I didn't know what that was and I couldn't see it. And then when the glimmer of the glimpse, like the opening, the clouds parted, right? <laughs> like I could see it. And then I was like, oh, that feels way better than how I've been feeling. And so I just gave myself permission to say yes to it. So you know, I tend to be, I'm not religious, but I tend to be a very faithful individual. And I've taken a lot of leaps in my life. I went to college year early, sight unseen, just to get out of my hometown. I moved to Italy. I'd never left the country before. And I moved to Italy, right? Like I've made a lot of, and even from Italy, I moved to Seattle. I'd never been to Seattle before. I just fucking went because like, you know, I, I've just, I've made a lot of leaps in my life. And I think the one thing that I've taught myself through all of that is I'm pretty resilient. And like every time I've taken a big leap, generally it's turned out well. Now, does that mean that it, it doesn't come with bumps in the road? No, it doesn't. There's always bumps. But overall, if you look at like the broad scope of the, you know, at that time, 30 years of my life, the leaps I had taken had turned out well. So I, I think it's, it's a little bit of like proving to myself from past experiences that like, I'm going to be okay. And then also kind of just that faith that I had cultivated um, and the resiliency that I'd cultivated in myself, knowing that I could do like I could reinvent myself and I could do whatever I wanted to do next. That's awesome. I mean, the, 
there are a couple things that play there. First off, we're all like human beings are very good at establishing homeostasis. Like we're good at figuring out survival. So when you do jump, you usually can figure it out. And like you said, it is, that doesn't mean it doesn't come with bumps and bruises, but being successful also doesn't come with bumps and bruises. Uh, one of my favorite, like Jim Rohn, I, I don't know if I can call it a quote, but he says like, you're going to, the future is going to happen. Whether you, you take path A or path B, like you're going to move somewhere. And if you choose like becoming a millionaire, becoming a successful business owner, you don't do it just to make the million dollars. You do it because of who you're going to become. And that requires solving problems. But so does sitting at home on your couch. Like that requires energy and doing as well. So like one way or the other, you're going to make a decision. You're going to do something. So why not do something that makes you who you want to become? And that is different for everyone. I'm not saying you have to go run a seven-figure business. I'm not saying you have to go do anything, but like do something and to your point, doing something that made you happy is not always easy. Like there's a difference between momentary happiness. I'm going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips and ice cream. And I'm going to do something that I find deeply meaningful and fulfilling. Um, so let's talk about core values a little bit and how that played out in your decision. So you, you decided you're cutting, cutting ties with fashion. What was the next step? So I'll, I'll back up. So two days before I decided to cut ties with fashion, I hired a business coach. So all of a sudden I had this very expensive business coach on my side and no business. So really literally, like I started sitting down with her and being like, all right, well, what are my options? Because I, I also knew there was this part of me that knew that firing her was not an option that like, if I, if I got out of the, the coaching contract, I just signed, I would have no clue how to move forward. And I would end up on the couch eating <laughs> chips and ice cream, right? Like, so I kept her on being like, all right, well, one, I don't have a business and two, now I don't have an income, but like, I, I have to do something moving forward. And, and to be honest, I tried to get a few jobs and no one would hire me because I was overqualified. And so I was like, all right, well, I kind of like this entrepreneurship thing. Like, I guess this is it. Cause I also can't get a job. Um, so started working with her and just really identifying like what my skills were and, and all of that stuff. And it really just came up that like, I think I told you before this, people had been asking me for years to help them in their businesses. Cause they were like, Oh my gosh, you're so successful. You're doing so many things in your business and it's great. And you're here and you're there and da, 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 da. And like all this stuff, will you help me with my business? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm a fashion designer. Like, no, I don't know. I don't do that. And so what I realized though, was like, oh, I have this seven years of experience being a counselor because I'd still had my day job through the entire time. And I have eight years of experience as an entrepreneur. So like, why not just kind of couple those things and like repackage them in a different way. And so I started coaching people and I will say the first nine months was really rough. And part of that was I was learning an entirely new language. I had gone from a product-based business to a service-based business, you know, a physical location <laughs> to online marketing, right? Like it was, a, it was a completely different world. And at the same time, my identity was so enmeshed with being a fashion designer that all of a sudden I had all this like, oh my gosh, if I come out and say that I'm not a fashion designer anymore and that I electively shut down a very successful brand, does that mean I'm a failure? Who am I? How do I fit into this world? Like what I had to basically deconstruct 
everything I thought I knew about myself while also concurrently building a brand new business and figuring out how I was serving people and all of the things that go into, you know, building a business. So then the first nine months were rough. I made, I think around six grand in that first nine months of business. Um, and then nine months from, from that point, nine months later, I had a six figure business. And so like things shifted and picked up very quickly for me. And that was that first year I had the six figure year was 2016. And so it's been, you know, multiple years since then. And it's been pretty, pretty good, pretty consistent. Like everything's going well and I'm definitely in a growth phase now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been insane, but I, going back to your question about values, one of the things that I feel really fulfilled with, with this business is my top core value of freedom. I'm getting ready. As you mentioned, I'm buying a house and today's Wednesday. Uh, I pick my boyfriend up from the airport at midnight. Tomorrow we do the final walkthrough. Friday we close. Saturday I move. Sunday I unpack. Monday my parents arrive and we're spending a week redoing the attached mother-in-law to turn it into an Airbnb. Like, And so I get to take the next two weeks off from my business. And the coolest part is I was reflecting this morning if I didn't tell people I was taking two weeks off, no one would even know because all my clients are going to be served the exact same way they're, they always get served. Uh, my team is handling all sorts of things. All my podcast episodes are going to be released as usual. Um, you know, all my social media content is going to go out as normal. My newsletter, like everything's like, I just, I have the freedom to take two weeks off. You know, I'm going to North Carolina for two weeks this summer and I'm going to take two weeks off. I'm going to New York for two weeks in December and I'm going to take two weeks off. Like I just... This business gives me the freedom to do that. Even this past December, I went to Minnesota for three weeks and I just packed up my laptop and ran my business as usual, just from an attic in Minneapolis instead of, you know, my home in Tulsa. And so I think that's one of the biggest things is um, the freedom. And then uh, passion is another one of my top core values. And so I'm really passionate about what I do. I believe that female entrepreneurs can close, could close the wage gap tomorrow. Um, I'm really passionate about that and everything I do lends towards that. Um, and then my last top core value is love. I just, I love my clients. I love what I get to do. I love who I get to be. Um, I love the message that I get to spread in the world. And so that's kind of how I, how I live it every day. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of grow your impact income and influence the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N.C-O-F-F-E-E, -E -E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Awesome. So there's there's a couple things in there that I want to unpack. Um, there's like there's so much positive message in there. The first thing is though, you made the jump. And I think a lot of people are like, I'm gonna make the jump. And then, oh, this isn't fun. It's hard, and like it's not all like rainbows and clouds and gold coins, and like, and the, like then they stop, right? They're like, I did something wrong. 
I'm not doing this. It's not fun. You stuck with it for, you said nine months, you made six grand. That's like $700 a month, something like that. I'm not great at math. So you had an expensive business coach. You had bills. You also had a bunch of debt from previous stuff. I'm sure that was not a fun time at all. How did you, one, keep yourself going? And two, well, let's answer that one first. Like, what did you tell yourself every day to keep going? I mean, sure, you had a business coach. You had somebody in your corner, which I think is hugely important. But what did, like, I'm just thinking of like inner dialogue had to be really hard. So yes, it was really hard. Um, I thank God I had her and that I kept her because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you today, six years, seven years later. Like there's no way in hell I would have made it through. Absolutely not. Um, So she was a huge part of it for me. And she was a very good coach. In fact, I emailed her a few years ago and was like, I just want to let you know, like where I'm at today is 100% because of you. And like, I know that we worked together years and years ago, but everything we worked together on in 2015, I still apply in my business every day, like now, seven years later. Um, so she was very helpful. Uh, the other thing is that I will say, um, I let myself be messy about it. Like I had full days where I just laid in the fetal position and cried in bed because I am of the opinion that you can't ignore those things, right? Like there's a lot of people that are like, oh, just think positive. And I'm like, but you can't ignore the fact that you don't feel positive. So it's not like you should let those feelings drive your car and like be in control, but you have to at least acknowledge that the car, the feelings are like in the car with you, right? You can't just, it's like an elephant in the room. You can't just ignore it. It's taking up space. You have to acknowledge it. Feelings, emotions, it's it's just energy in motion. So if you let it be in motion, it goes away. If you block it or stop it or deny it, it sticks around and it holds on. So I think one of the things that I did that I'm proud of myself about is that I let myself be messy about it. And I let myself go to all of the dark places that I had to go to knowing that I had a life life raft (laughs) to like help pull me out of it um, and didn't let myself stay in those places. But I think we're taught so often that like those feelings are bad or that those thoughts are bad. And I'm like, they're not bad. They're neutral. Like if you let them be neutral, you can just be like, Oh, I'm having this experience right now. What if it just means that I just need to go through this and clear it so that I can get on the other side of it. So that was kind of part of it. That's, I mean, I, I want to speak to that. Like we, I want to be real honest. Like I still have days like that. Right. I mean, I think we all do. We have something that goes sideways or whatever. Like you never, there was an interview that I read with the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, a woman who makes $9 million a year running one of the largest banking firms in the world, super powerful, super successful. And Tony asked her, it was in the book money, but he asked her, he's like, does that do like, do you? And she was like, no, she was like, if anything, you have more of them because the more responsibility with great responsibility with great power comes great responsibility. And she was like, and it just gets like, as you climb the mountain, like, sure, you have more people, you have more resources, but you still have like, if anything, you have more weight on your shoulders. She's like, I'm responsible for 80,000 jobs. Like I'm responsible for a lot of stuff. And she was like, I'm not saying that 
you always have bad days. She was like, but I still have the occasional day where everything's on fire and I'm in charge of all of it. So, but you, you found a way. And I think you, you're pointing to blocking it, saying that doesn't exist is the worst thing you could do because all it does is build, right? That elephant goes from being like a little tiny elephant to a really big elephant that's pounding on everything. And that's like, that's not good. My question to you is, do you have a tool or tactic that helps you? Because the the other thing you don't want to do, you see entrepreneurs who the sky is falling, right? They, right. they grab like something that a negative emotion and they, before you know it, like three days later, like that's their entire world. How did you yeah. stop yourself from being enveloped by that and moving through it? So, I mean, to be honest, so this is something that I, I still work through and I actually just brought on another coach to help me through a lot of this as well. And um, so I will say this is not a one and done thing, but it's a constant reassessment and reevaluation of like what's real, right? Like the stories that we tell ourselves, what's real in that? And is that the perspective that I want to choose to hold on to? Three people could look at the same object from three different sides and describe different things, right? So giving yourself permission to like, look at it from every angle and be like, okay, so I voluntarily shut down my fashion business. Does that mean that I'm a failure? No, I didn't fail. I chose to close it because could I have kept pushing? I absolutely could have. Could I have tried different things? I absolutely could have, but I chose not to, right? And so it's really just about looking at that experience or that circumstance with more of a neutral eye and really just continuing to investigate like, okay, well, if I say that this is true about it, like, is that really true about it? If I say that I'm a failure, is that really, is that really what happened? And it's really just continuously investigating all of those, the thoughts that we have. One of my favorite things to talk about is that just because we have thoughts doesn't mean they're true. We just, the second we have a thought, we automatically go into the assumption that it's a true thought. And it, it's not. A lot of our thoughts that we have are lies. And, and not because our brain wants to lie to us or has like ill intentions, but our brain's job is to keep us safe and keep us alive. So our brain is going to tell us whatever narrative it needs to tell us to keep us in that safe space. So it's really just about like slowing down Uh, In fact, my coach that I'm working with right now, she's like, I want you to write down every recurring thought in your head for the next two weeks until we meet again. And so like, I just have to be really diligent about being like, oh, I'm having that thought again. And I, you know, I jot it down and you have to just start becoming aware and knowing exactly what stories you're telling yourself and then deconstructing them and being willing to see them from different perspectives. That's, I mean, that is the key. Like if you can if you can look at things from different perspectives and just because like something doesn't work out, doesn't mean that you are a failure. It means that thing failed. You can learn from it and move onward. One of my favorite books I've ever read is a book called mindset. And they talk about like how you can shift that really recommend it. Um, You can find it on audible. It's like 10 bucks. Well worth the seven hours. All right. So the last question I have that kind of talks about this, I love that you brought up self-image. You were a fashionista. Like that was your thing. And we all have our things, right? Like if you're, especially if you're leaving a nine to five job and you're taking on your side hustle full-time, you have to shift from being a business 
from, or from being an employee to being a business owner. You have to shift. How did you do that? Like that is like, because our, the number one thing that we must do is be congruent with our self-image. And if we can shift our self-image, you can do anything. So how did you do that across nine months? Yeah. So it's so funny because I was, I literally just had a coaching call with a client this week and he said something about being unemployed. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, what is the story you're telling about being unemployed? You are self-employed. That does not mean you are unemployed. And he was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, again, it's like all about the narratives that we tell ourselves. And if we see ourselves as unemployed, it's a radically different experience. than if we see ourselves as self-employed, right? So Again, it was just a lot about diving in and being like, is that true about me? And so one of the things I had embarked on this project called the Inspirational Woman Project at the time. And I was, I was doing blog interviews and I was writing for the Huffington Post. And like, I released a book that I did a Kickstarter with and like all this stuff. And I had a friend text me at one point and he said, Bree Seeley, you're like the most amazing woman I know you're so inspirational. And I like read it. And immediately in my mind, I was like, that's a lie. And then I like looked inside and I was like, wait a minute, here I am telling all these other women that they're inspirational and that they can do it. And that life is, you know, waiting at their doorstep for them to say yes to, and all these things. And yet I'm looking in the mirror with a completely different filter and it was a huge slap in the face. I literally like crumbled on my couch and started bawling and was like, I can't believe that I think these things about myself. And yet I'm championing other women to go do their thing. And so that was a huge tipping point for me to, to really, truly start seeing myself in a different light. Um, and then I knew as well that if I continue to hold on to this idea that I was a fashion designer or that like what that meant and how that had to look. If I continued to hold on to that while going down this new pathway, there was no way I was ever going to be able to be happy or fulfilled or satisfied or in congruence. And so I still, I'll still tell you like, so, you know, I closed my business seven years ago and I still do fashion. In fact, I'm going, um, I've started reconsulting with Phoenix fashion week and I'm on there, I'm going to be on their board and like going to their event and like all this stuff, helping new emerging designers with their businesses and a friend of mine yesterday was like, are you going to make your dress for the red carpet? Like, you know, like the old days. And I still design fashion. I made myself this really cool winter coat with this like vintage mink a few years ago. And so I still get to play in that, but it's like, it doesn't define me. I don't even think that being a coach defines me. In fact, I've never really liked the title coach. And so I've never really adopted it. And so for me, it's just more about like, what is and Simon Sinek talks about this a little bit as well. Like what's your why? And so I live more by my why than by any arbitrary title that could be placed upon me. And so like, that's just kind of the filter that I switched into because now what's cool is my why that I live by is actually exactly what I was doing in fashion. And now I'm doing it in coaching and someday I might not be a coach but I can guarantee you that my why is probably going to remain consistent in whatever I do next as well. So it's almost like I just kind of opened up the lens a little bit bigger to, to see myself past just a simple title and allow myself to be, I don't know, a bigger, more expanded version of myself, I guess. Okay. I like, I mean, I, 
I like that. I think you found you were what I just heard you say is when I was doing fashion, what I really wanted was freedom and passion. And I chased that and I built this business that didn't provide those things. So I moved into a business that I love and that I feel passionate about and provides me with freedom and passion and all of those things. Is that a good recap? And I'm, I'm not attached to it at the end of the day either. Like if I got a message from the universe next week saying, Hey, coaching, isn't it? I'd be like, all right, game on. Like what's next, you know? So like, I think that's been a huge thing for me too, is like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm no longer attached to what or how, or what or how I execute my why through. And I'm just, I'm way more attached to like my impact and like what, like why I'm here to do big things in the world. And the rest of it just kind of doesn't matter. If the universe tomorrow was like, listen, you're going to pivot into this thing. And like, that's how you're going to execute your why from now on. I would be like, okay, cool. And you'd figure it out. I love it. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about tactics. You've, I mean, we've talked a lot. We've, we've got a pretty good like roadmap for people. If people are just getting started and they're just getting started with their side hustle, or maybe they have a business that's doing, I don't know, we'll say a grand a month. What would be one thing that you would tell them they absolutely should do to grow their business or change? Go ahead. I'll let you take it from there. The first thing I'd say, like, if, especially if you're in like the newer stages of your business, before you get too deep into it, do the values work. Like, and this is where I said, we'd come back to this is like, Mm -hmm. if you are looking for a freedom-based business and you decide to open a brick and mortar store, one, it's going to be really, really expensive and you're going to hate it pretty soon. So give yourself permission now to do the values work and make sure that whatever business you choose, whatever revenue streams you choose are in alignment with your core values. That is one of the first things I teach to new entrepreneurs in my program is like, you have to know yourself, you have to know what you need, what would fulfill you, and then you build a business around that. If you're trying to mold yourself into a business, it's going to be a real, it's like square peg, round hole. It is, it's just going to be a really difficult journey for you. So that would be my first thing. The next thing I would say, and this goes to entrepreneurs of any level, is there's a lot of talk online about how there's only one path to success and that you have to do it this way, right? And the coaching industry, it's very much like you have to develop a lead magnet that people download through a Facebook ad that then they go to their da 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 da, right? Like that's that's the path. I can tell you, I've tried that path so many times and it doesn't work for me, right? So there is no one path. Whatever your next step is to, to take that growth journey for yourself, whether it's just going from $0 to $100, whether it's going from $1,000 to $5,000, whatever that is, your next step needs to be dependent on you, what your zone of genius is, what you enjoy doing, your customers, where they hang out, what their you know, activities are, how they consume information, et cetera, et cetera, your revenue streams, like it has to be based on all of the building blocks of your business. And it cannot be a simple like cookie cutter approach. Because if I guarantee you, every client that comes to me tells me, I tried all the things that all the coaches told me that I had to do to be successful and none of them worked. And I'm like, yep, 
sounds about right. (laughs) So like you have to do the work to figure out your next step. And there's ways to do that. And I'm, you know, you and I'll talk about my, my free gifts, but I am absolutely hundred percent adamant about custom strategies. There is no one size fits all model. It doesn't work. Even in fashion, it didn't work. It, it never works. So give yourself permission to find your unique path up the mountain. That's, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I don't do any social media at all anymore because I absolutely hate it. And it, feels horrible to me. So like I, the minute I gave that up and I moved towards email and speaking like my business grew and I felt a whole lot better, which made it much easier to do. That's just my own like two second take on that. I do believe that there are, we can always model people. This is what I found for myself. I I mean, you, I'd love to have some discussion around it. I guess the, what I've found is like, I'll find people that are, were successful doing something that I want to do. And I will, try different things that they've tried and I'll see how they feel personally. And this doesn't mean this is where feeling is such a weird thing, right? Feeling doesn't mean that it's easy. Feeling means that I feel good doing it. And it's not like it's back to the potato chips and ice cream versus working on something that I find meaningful. A lot of people would not enjoy public speaking. They don't enjoy speaking in front of thousands of people. They don't like that. That might not be their growth piece, but even inside of that, there are different things that that feel correct and feel like, yeah, I can do this. And I don't mind putting in because you're going to put in reps, whatever you do, it's not a one and done. You are going to do it. And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not, I'm going to work really hard on this for a week. It's I'm going to work on this for a while. Go ahead. So the thing that, that I then want to add to that is say you are someone that doesn't like public speaking, but you come across some coach or some guru or some person who says, the only way to make a million dollars in your business is through public speaking, right? So what happens to those people? Then they start shaming themselves, saying there's something wrong with me. I can't do this. I feel anxious when I get up on stage. So clearly I'm the, the you know, off piece problem. of this because yeah. I'm the problem because everyone else is finding success with this. And so that's where I like to go in and say, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, I love social media. I make so much money on Instagram and I Instagram became my like uh, aesthetic visual art once I closed my fashion brand down. And so like, I love it. I think it's great, but you clearly don't. So like, you know, if you were a client of mine or whatever, I, I had someone come to me and I was like, oh, we can get you on TV. Like I know this and that and all this stuff. And she goes, I don't ever want to be on TV. And I was like, oh, okay, well then we won't put that as part of your strategy because I you should never be forced into doing something that feels out of alignment. Things that are in alignment, yes, still take hard work, like you said, but you can't be out of alignment and try to create impact and wealth. It just doesn't work. That's I agree. And you end up like beating yourself. Um, the story that I always hear is like the fly trying to escape, right? Like you just keep like spending more energy doing something that you hate doing. Do you think that is going to lead to you feeling good? Like I've asked that question of people and they're just like, well, but that's how they did it. Well, there are, I want to be really clear. There are probably infinite or close to infinite paths to wealth, freedom, passion, happiness, fulfillment. And it is different for everyone. And our joy in the journey is finding the pieces that fit for us and putting those together in a way that get us there and that. When somebody says, like, look at the successful person that's standing there and says, well, this is the way to do it. That's the way that worked for them. And their job 
is to share that with the world. That does not mean that it is the only way for you. I think that's where people, and unfortunately, marketing is saying, I have a clear path to success. Saying, I have a clear path to success, it will work sometimes for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. And you can't, I, one thing that I always tell people when they say, I've bought the courses or I've, I've, you know, listened to the guru or I've done the program. I'm like, did you learn one thing in there that helped you? I mean, I spent, I, I don't know what your college cost you. My college cost me $140,000. I paid it off in January. Um, like 16 years, right. Of paying off loans. And that was a lot of money. I've bought I don't know. I've spent more than half a million dollars on courses and masterminds and stuff. Everyone provides something that is useful. And if you look at it as that, this goes back to how you view things, right? If you look at it as I got something useful, that is worth it, in my opinion. Totally. And so I always say, I do know the absolute one path that is successful for every single person. It's yours. It is your path. That is the only path that will be successful for you to get to where you want to go. It's your path. That's it. And then everyone's always like, but what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it's going to take some work to figure out, but we'll get there. (laughs) Awesome. Brie, tell us a little bit. um, You have two different masterclasses that you offer people depending on where they are in their journey. These are going to be linked down below, but go ahead and tell us a little bit. If somebody has a side hustle, if they're just getting started, what's that masterclass about? Yep. So that one is really all about kind of launching your business in 120 days or less. And so that is really uh, the framework that new entrepreneurs need to start monetizing or start seriously monetizing. If you're a side hustler and you're like, well, I'm already monetizing. Well, are you monetizing enough to leave your job? Right? Like if not, there's going to be some great information in there for you. So it's really to help you get your business out there Um, I had a client last year who launched her business and within six weeks had done 13 grand in profits uh, by selling dog treats. So uh, that's, that is kind of where I take people through that masterclass. And then the other masterclass is for more established entrepreneurs. And that one, like we were just talking about is really about finding your unique growth path and really identifying the exact actions that you need to take every day to get there. Um, And so that one will help you double your revenue basically over the course of a year. I love it. Um, Again, those are linked down below in the show notes. Bree, you have been an amazing guest and you have shared so much with everyone. Um, The last question that I usually like to ask people is we're all like, everyone's here because we love information, right? Like that's part of a podcast, as part of courses, as part of everything. But what I think a lot of them miss is something that you have laid out beautifully throughout this is that there, everyone has their own path. If there was one thing that you would tell people to ignore or stop doing, what would that be? Like, what is one thing that you just see from, we all have a different perspective, but what is one thing that people should maybe leave on the table and turn away from? I really think it's it's all of those people telling you that they know your path better than you. No one knows your path better than you. And no one has a silver bullet. No one. Believe me, 
I want the silver bullet just as badly as you want the silver bullet. And I have looked for the silver bullet and it does not exist. So I would say, honestly, go through and unfollow and disconnect from a lot of those people because there are best practices and you can learn best practices, but until you know yourself well enough to know what's going to work for you, those best practices just don't, they don't matter until you know what your path is. And once you can identify your path, then you can go looking for the best practices. But until then you have to turn a, a deaf ear to literally everyone out there telling you that they know what's best for you because they don't, they don't know you. I think that is very sage advice. Listen to your own inner voice, find people who can give you bits and pieces that resonate with what you're doing and realize that it's not a sprint. I mean, that's the, there is no silver oh, yeah. bullet. The, I think that's why so many people have a hard time with the classes and the courses and the coaching programs because they get in and they're like, this is it. I'm going to be a millionaire in two months. Well, I mean, there might be one person out of a gazillion, but it's usually a fluke. It's like winning the lottery. This is a game. The whole point I want to go back to is the, the joy in this journey is finding the pieces that fit and growing and having the experience and enjoying it. And when you are honoring your core values, you will find peace. You will find happiness in that journey. Um, I yep. think that that summarizes a lot of what you have been saying. Well, and to put it into tangible form, like too, it's like, if you were to get up every day and put on a pair of shoes that didn't fit you, but you forced yourself to wear those shoes day in and day out, and you forced yourself to walk a mile in them and you got blisters and bloody feet and all this stuff, but you forced yourself to get up again the next day and put those same shoes on that didn't fit. Like, it's not going to be a fun journey. You're going to hate every second of it. So why not give yourself permission to go get a pair of shoes that are like really comfortable and that just work for you and like throw the other ones out. Like, so if you can wake up every morning and be like, all right, does this feel like a pair of shoes that fits that were like custom made to hug my feet and have support and, you know, padding in all the right areas? Or do I feel like I just walked a mile in shoes that cut open my feet and they're bloody and blistering? Like it literally put it into those tangible terms. And if your business is feeling right now, like your feet are bloodied and blistered, it's time to give yourself permission to do something different and to find something that fits and works for you. It's, it's awesome. worth it. It is so worth it. Awesome. Bree, thank you so much for sharing your time, your wisdom, um, and your journey with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for holding the space. This was lovely. Awesome. To everybody else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.